You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fans Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us wherever podcasts are sold, distributed, and otherwise produced. And you can find all of our podcasts at LockedOnPackers.com. You can also find us on Spotify, on iTunes. You can tell Alexa or your Google Home to play Locked On Packers. It's a pretty cool thing. We're going to spend most of today focusing on the defense. And the first part of the defense that we're going to talk about is the secondary and, and the coalition that has started to form there. And the, the way that that is starting to take shape. And then we're going to move on to a discussion a little little less in the weeds, maybe. Um, the, the, the beginning, you know, the, the discussion on the secondary is going to get somewhat granular. And in the, in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about some things that came out in an interview with Aaron Rodgers and James Jones about the state of the locker room and perhaps how a defensive culture change could importantly and for the better change the culture on this team, in particular on the defense. But let's start with the secondary because I think that's where most fans are most acutely focused, especially with the rookie corners, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander. Where are they fitting in? What are they doing? How are they contributing? How are they viewed by this organization? Well, the first padded practice took place on Saturday, and after two days of the the top two corners, at least on the boundary, being Devon House and Tremont Williams, right away when the pads come on, that changes. And after two days of standout practice, Kevin King, it seems like was promoted that he that he jumped Devon House again. We had this discussion earlier in the week, last week. Mike McCarthy is a guy who wants to give veterans every opportunity to succeed, give veterans every opportunity to make this team and and contribute. And, and they were forced in a lot of cases because they didn't have veterans to get young players ready. And he talked about that in his press conference last week, that, that they have a system in place to get these guys prepared. But it's clear that that was not his preferred method. And... We'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later when it when the discussion turns to Josh Jones. But Kevin King clearly outplayed Devon House through two days, and in day three with pads, that was no different. And they gave Jair Alexander the opportunity to play in the slot, basically be the nickel corner. I think, in all likelihood, that is how this secondary is going to look on opening day. Kevin King on the outside, Tremont Williams on the outside, and then they, you have Jair Alexander. And depending on the matchup, they can put him wherever they need to, depending on what nickel formation they play. Maybe they put him 
on the outside receiver. Because Green Bay is going to play more man coverage, they can play a little bit more matchup. Do they want to go left-right? Are they going to follow? Is Kevin King going to shadow someone? Is Tremont Williams going to shadow someone? Those are going to be game plan specific things that that perhaps even change week to week. But the fact that already, not just is Kevin King out there with the starters, but Jair Alexander is getting a shot, I think it speaks to the quality of Kevin King's play for sure. But I think it also speaks to Mike Patton's willingness to change tactics midstream. Okay, these are the guys that we're going to go with to start. Okay, these are the guys that are performing. And and let's see them continue to perform. And so long as they're performing, they're going to be the ones that get opportunities. And it's, it's furthermore worth noting that in the, some of the team drills, Josh Jackson was running as the dime corner ahead of Devon House. He was playing on the outside and in the slot. And... Jackson struggled a little bit, especially with Randall Cobb, and and that is somewhat to be expected. Josh Jackson is still learning how to play man coverage. They were a mostly zone team at Iowa. They played more off coverage. He's able to read and react to the quarterback, and that's what he's really good at. And and that's one of the reasons why I said, well, if Kevin King is healthy and they bring back Tremont and they bring back Devon House, and they have Jair Alexander, maybe Jackson's move is at safety. Maybe that's the play here. That is still to be determined. I think his value is at corner, and if he can play corner, that's great. He he showed characteristics in minicamp and rookie camp, wanting to play press and being excited about being able to be physical, get his hands on. That is what his frame is built for, those long arms, his his size, his strength. But this is a technique he still has to learn. And it's one where he has to improve. I do think he's going to make plays. I think if you put him out there on an island, early in his career especially, he's going to give up some plays. Because he's going to get a little too cute, he's going to peek in the backfield, and he's not going to be in position. But against second and third stringers in the preseason... Could he make a couple plays on the ball? Could he get some interceptions? I think absolutely that that is a possibility. And it could it could be the difference between him being the fourth corner on this team and, and him being the fifth. It could be the difference in whether or not Quentin Rollins makes this team because if they don't feel super comfortable with Jackson given their scheme, they may feel like they need to keep an extra corner. That dovetails nicely into this discussion of Quentin Rollins because... We can't talk about Quentin Rollins without talking about Josh Jones. And we can't talk about Josh Jones without talking about Kentrell Bryce. So right now, the starting safeties are HaHa Clinton-Dix and Kentrell Bryce. And it is worth pointing out that this time last year, Josh Jones, as a rookie, was expected to be the dime linebacker. Now, he's not playing that position now. But... He was also not even the third safety on this roster. It was Clinton Dix, it was Morgan Burnett, and Kentrell Bryce. And Jones got to play because of the injuries to number one Rollins, and Morgan Burnett had to play in the slot, and then Kentrell Bryce got hurt, 
and Josh Jones had to play the nitro position. And so you go back and look at it and you say, oh, well, he was behind Bryce to start with. So is it is it strange that he's not working with the ones at safety? No, because he was last year behind Kentrell Bryce. In a new defense, is that a long-term solution? We don't know. What it does mean is that clearly McCarthy, together with Patton, have prioritized the veterans. We've seen that. Josh Jones got into it with Jimmy Graham, had a pass breakup. Whether or not he grabbed Jimmy Graham's face mask was a point of contention. They got after a little bit. To me, Josh Jones is too talented to not find ways to put him on the field. And this was something I harped on most of last season. He, he was not put in, a, in his best position to succeed. I'm going to give Mike Pettin the benefit of the doubt on this. I understand wanting to give Bryce the chance to make a play. I think he's the better fit as a deep safety. And maybe once Rollins fails, once they decide Rollins is not a long-term part of this team, that, that Josh Jones is the guy who's playing more in the box. That sounded like it was the plan. There were stories in the offseason about, oh, the plan is to use Josh Jones all over the field. It was to use him in the box a little bit more, and and we're just not seeing it. Now, does that mean we're, we're not going to see it once the season rolls around? No. Uh, again, I'm going to say this over and over the course of the next month. Do not overreact to what you're seeing in practice and even in the games in terms of who's playing with the ones and who's playing with the twos. By all means, make assessments based on play. Guys have to earn their reps. They have to earn their spots. But don't worry too much about who is playing with the ones and who is playing with the twos. Quentin Rollins getting run as the dime linebacker, it only matters now because Quentin Rollins may not make this team if he can't make it as a sub-package player. Josh Jones is going to make the team. We know that. They only have two safeties if they don't have Josh Jones. So he's going to make this team. Quentin Rollins might not make this team. And and it seems pretty clear they don't value him as a corner. And if, if we extend this conversation, a name that has not been discussed a lot in, in this offseason because he's not expected to play a role in this defense, Greer Martini, linebacker from Notre Dame. And, and we're going to have a discussion next week with Ty Hildenbrand, who hosts the Solid Verbal Podcast, is a Notre Dame fan. We're going to talk Equinemia St. Brown. We're going to talk Deshaun Kaiser. I'm going to ask him about Greer Martini because he's on multiple first-team special teams units right now. So if they're going to keep four inside linebackers and one of them is not Quentin Rollins, and because it's Greer Martini, because he has to play on special teams, and... They're going to keep the six corners that aren't that don't involve Quentin Rollins. Then how does he make this team? I think it, it is certainly possible to look at this and say, let's do everything we can to try and salvage this, to try and get him in a position to make plays. I think this sort of rover overhang defender position is a place where he could be suited He made some plays as a blitzer as a rookie. Playing near the line of scrimmage was where he excelled. He's not fast enough or athletic enough to be a corner. I'm not even sure he is 
fast enough or athletic enough to be a safety. Maybe the plan is let him sink or swim there. And if he can't do it, if he can't even, if he can't even contribute there, then he just can't contribute. And that is it for Rollins. We've seen Josh Jones in these other roles. We know what he looks like as a, as a deep safety. We know what he looks like as an overhang box defender. So maybe the team doesn't feel the need to evaluate him that way. Perhaps this is an overly generous reading of the situation. There have been no reports that Josh Jones or, or even whispers that he's not doing everything he should be doing to get on the field. And so it is a little strange that he's not even getting rotational snaps with the first team defense. But again, do not worry about these things at this point. All of this can change so, so quickly. Packers players, NFL players around the league, they're they're getting to work. And they have state-of-the-art facilities to work out, to build their bodies, to get in the best shape that they can be. This is best shape of their life time. Training camp is when you always hear the reports, oh, so-and-so is in the best shape of their life. But some of us need help because we don't always have time to get to the gym. We don't always have time to spend hours and hours getting in shape. Well, that's okay because Nordic Track has you covered. It's not just what you remember, not just the, the ski exercise you remember from the 90s. They have treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, strength trainers, all the things that you need at home to have a high-energy, streamed workout any time of the day without stepping out of your door. They have stepped up the technology. This, again, is not the Nordic track that you're used to. You can stream workouts. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand or workout on the African safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. We have a special offer for Locked On Packers listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on that's nordictrack.com slash locked on and use the offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your purchase. For those of you who missed the conversation between James Jones and Aaron Rodgers on NFL Network, not a lot of interesting material was discussed in that interview except for one little bit that I haven't seen get a lot of traction among Packers reporters, writers, etc. And I don't know why that is. I'm not sure why it wasn't a bigger deal. I guess Aaron Rodgers did a good job of diffusing the situation. So James Jones mentioned that he had heard from players that the locker room was a little divided, that everyone was sort of in their little groups. And Rodgers laughs about this, but also ca- calls James Jones out and basically says, you're going you're gonna to put all our business out on the table. And uh, that was a fascinating little insight. And, and Rodgers does a good job of pivoting and, and talking about the leadership and these coaches and, and the difference. And I don't think that is just a throwaway. I think when you go and you look back and and you hear the way that the players are talking about Mike Pettin and the accountability 
I mean, it's it's been every player who has talked about Mike Patton, offense or defense. It seems like all of them have talked about accountability. And that is a word that you you mostly hear at lower levels of football. And I don't even mean that in a disparaging way. But by the time you get to the NFL, you expect everyone to be trusted to do the job that they are paid to do. And yet not everyone is capable of doing that. And and they need a little bit more motivation. They need leadership. And when you are a team like Green Bay has been, when you've constantly been a young team, this is something that that HaHa Clinton Dix brought up. And it's interesting to think about his comments through the lens of, of what James Jones said. And what we hear about Mike Patton, Clinton Dix talked about the need for veteran players and how there were a lot of guys who didn't quite know what they were doing. They were undrafted, whatever. And you may also remember Clinton Dix defending his own play, his subpart play, by saying he wasn't missing assignments, et cetera, et cetera. And now you hear about the need for accountability and how Mike Patton has changed that dynamic. It made me think about what HaHa said. In that moment, when he's saying we need more veteran players, is that him saying we need more leaders to hold people accountable? Or was he one of the guys who needed to be held accountable? Because Dom Capers was not the we're going to hold our guys accountable coach. It was his modus operandi to let the veteran players handle that. And when you don't have a lot of veteran players, you have a leadership vacuum. And it seems as though Mike Pettin has stepped into that leadership vacuum and he has started to say, you need to get your stuff together or you're not going to be playing for us. And look, maybe that's why Josh Jones isn't playing. Who knows? I, I mean, I can't, I can't say that with any level of certainty. I can't I can't even say with a, with a little level of certainty. I'm I'm just I'm wondering here. But it seems clear that that everyone on the team or at least most of the players have responded in a positive way to the message that Mike Pettin is sending. And when you hear the players and you hear Aaron Rodgers speak effusively with praise um, on Mike Patton and his leadership style and and the way that he communicates. It seems like everyone on the defense is really excited about this team and really excited about this scheme. And they have they have given the offense the business. Aaron Rodgers has thrown a bunch of interceptions already. And they've gotten multiple stops in team. They did the two-minute install on Saturday and got multiple fourth down stops. I mean, this defense, Packer fans, Packer media, observers, we're not used to watching the defense in practice get after the offense. It's usually very much the other way around. That has changed. And it's hard not to look at it and say that the biggest reason that it has changed is Mike Pettin. And this was a team that needed a leader. And Dom Capers was not that guy. Mike Pettin appears to be. And it doesn't mean that he's going to make this defense better. But it seems as though culturally, there is a shift. Things have changed. And when you look at some of the young players on this defense who are coming up and, and evolving into elite players, Blake Martinez, Kenny Clark, Kevin King, 
potentially Jair Alexander. Now you're looking at young players who can grow into leadership roles. Morgan Burnett, not on the team anymore. And, and when you're hurt, it's hard to be a leader. Nick Collins, you know, back in 2011, he hurts his neck. That's a devastating blow for the leadership of this defense. A.J. Hawk, for whatever you want to say about him as a player, and and look, I had plenty of criticisms for him. I felt like Dom Capers stuck with him way too long. Ditto for Ted Thompson. He was a leader on this defense. They don't have a lot of those guys. They need some guys to age into that. And in order to in order to be a leader, Generally, you have to be at least a decent player, and Green Bay just hadn't had enough of those players on defense. Kevin King looks like a legit dude. Blake Martinez is a legit dude. Kenny Clark is a dude. They have guys now who can grow into these roles. Jair Alexander, an outspoken, effervescent, energetic player. He can be a dude. This defense desperately needs those guys to not just step up in the quality of their play, but in their leadership because Mike Patton can't be the only voice in that locker room holding players accountable. But the fact that he is signifies a significant change in the culture of this locker room. And if it can trickle down to the way players play on the field, could have an enormous difference in the quality of this defense. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, Monday through Thursday schedule this week. We are ramping up. We are pushing forward. The regular season is close at hand. Next week is the preseason opener against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday. Remember, we have a little bit of a wonky schedule that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I want to share a bit of exciting information with you guys because on the Locked On Podcast Network, and you hear a lot of promotions for the network. And, and we started as an NBA network, added the NFL. We've now added some MLB teams. We've, we're adding college teams. We're in the process of continuing to fill out our roster. And you're talking about millions of downloads a month. And the Locked On Packers podcast is one of the most listened to NFL podcasts on the network. Market last in the NFL, the smallest media market in the league. And we are a top three podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network because of you and because of your willingness to tell people about this show, your willingness to tweet about it, your willingness to share your experiences, to offer a review on iTunes, to like us on Facebook, to follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski and let people know This is a community worth being a part of. This show has grown so much over the last year, and we're coming up on a year now that I have hosted the show. I I have loved every second of it. I recorded a lot of, I would say nearly all of you do not know that when I started this show, I recorded eight shows the week of my wedding so that I didn't have to record any on my honeymoon. That, That is a testament to how much I care about you, the audience. I want to make sure you have this show because I would want it as a fan. And I appreciate what you have done. And to help this show grow, 
I hope we can continue to grow. So, so tell your friends, like us on Facebook, all the things that, that, I, that I constantly mention to you, they're working and we are growing this community. Thank you so much for being a part of the Locked On Podcast family and the Locked On Packers family in particular. We're gonna keep doing this, keep churning out content, and I do it for one simple reason. I do it so you can stay locked on Packers.